trespass until I saw that sign. <laughs> no trespassing. Signs just tell us what we can't and can't do. But if you're here today, there's only just one sign that we want you to, to know as you come this morning. And this is the sign. We, we want to say welcome. It's just so great that you're here. And as you come to this service this morning, we hope that you feel incredibly welcomed and feel immediately part of this community because God welcomes you no matter who you are, no matter whether this is your first time, no matter if you're caught up in all kinds of uh, things that God would not be pleased with or if you know so little about him, God welcomes you and he says, welcome into my house, into my family. So... Why don't you take a moment to welcome someone next to you and just to say g'day to them. Why don't we turn and do that in this moment? Okay. Yeah, just, yeah. Well, everybody, isn't that great? Saying g'day to some people around you and just getting to know them. That's great. Uh, Has anyone noticed anything different up the front here at all? No. (laughs) Well, there's something great going on in our church at the moment, and it's the Christmas... Yeah, Christmas musical or Christmas lockdown, any of those answers would be correct because this is all set up for the Christmas lockdown our Christmas musical. And if you haven't been, the good news is tonight, 7.30, last performance. And people have just been uh, saying how fantastic it has been. I've loved every minute of it. And uh, you wouldn't want to miss this tonight. It's It's a great opportunity. If you're coming tonight, I just recommend you get there as early as you can. Doors open at 7 o'clock and you can get tickets and line up where the doors are uh, closed and then we open the doors at 7 and you can come in and find your seats. And normally Sunday nights is the busiest, even this morning, early hours of this morning over in the office, the phone was ringing, can I still get tickets tonight? So uh, make sure you're here early, enjoy it. You know, if you are running late and you think, oh, am I still going to get a seat? I, you know, there's always room available, and so we always make room. You'll get a seat, no worries at all tonight. So come anyway. And we just want to take a moment, don't we, church, to say uh, Sandy and Annie, who have put this together, and uh, all the team, the tech team, the choir, all the people who have done it, we just think you've done a fantastic job, and we're very proud of you. Thank you. And remember to invite friends and family. It's just a great opportunity to do that. Bring them tonight. Uh, we want to let you know that uh, in this coming Christmas, which is just always this, it's this year, the 25th of December, <laughs> we're starting in the morning at 9 o'clock. So it's a 9 o'clock service. Normally we meet at 10, but if you'll remember, 9 o'clock will give you plenty of time Kids will be up early, the presents will be unwrapped and then you'll be able to go to church and you'll be back home in time to get Christmas lunch ready or go and do the rest of your thing. So don't forget, 9 o'clock on Christmas Day. Today we start a series, a um, a three-part series on Christmas. Uh, Next Sunday night is a, a Christmas service, but also there's something very special about the service in that it's Phil Weeks's last service 
uh, where he'll be speaking. And Phil and Michelle and their family, that will be the last service where we say farewell to them. So if you could mark that, what we're going to be doing in that service, at the end of the service, we'll be having a time where we'll be able to have, share some uh, supper together and we'll be able to make a presentation to Phil and we'll be able to hear some speeches and people can share some of the things that they have loved about Phil and Michelle's time with us. And it'll be just a great time for us as a church to say uh, farewell to them and to pray for them for their future. So next Sunday night, don't forget that at all. Um, I'm just wondering, is Joan Cummins here? There you are, Joan. I, I wonder, Joan, would you just like to stand where you are? And, and we... Stand. <laughs> As only a son-in-law can say, he's been cheeky, isn't he? Joan, we just want to say to you and your incredible team of Kids Church leaders and to all the kids who start up here last Sunday, that was a fantastic service. So many people were blessed and we just want to say thank you so much. Thanks, Joan. And want to let you know that one of the things that has just been transforming our young people's lives at ESA camps, and just, just to let you know that on the 10th to the 15th of January, there's an ESA camp. The theme is Action Figures, and uh, you can register now at the Youth um, Notice Board. There's a, a, a sheet where you can sign just to show that you're interested in that. There's a bus that's going down from the church down to the camp, so you don't even have to worry about your transport and you can join all the others on the teen camp. So please remember to do that. Uh, it's a great day for us all to be together and I've asked Gail to come and lead us in prayer as we uh, think about all the things that are going on this Christmas season. Thanks, Gail. And we recognise that, Lord, you are the God that gives us life. We recognise that as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, we, we realise that too little we give credit to the real reason for the season. Lord, in the busyness of our lives, in the pressures of our lives, Lord, we want to say, let the King of glory come in. Lord, there are some of us at this time of year that instead of feeling joy and hope, we feel overwhelmed and sad and even purposeless. And in our own strength, we try. We, we try to put on a good face and go about our daily lives, but... Sickness, financial worries, relationship breakdowns, loneliness, all of these things seem to become more intense for us at this time of year. Oh Lord, we truly need to let the King of glory come in. Lord, in these few moments, I just ask that for each and every one of us here in this place, 
that we would just silently just offer up to you our burdens, our concerns. Perhaps it's a prayer for someone that we know and love that's unwell. Perhaps it's a prayer that you would come in and restore broken hearts. Perhaps it's a prayer to say, Lord, forgive me for the life I've been living, for dishonouring you and sinning. And I want to, this Christmas, get my life back on track. That's the prayer this morning. Say, just thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Because I know you more deeply now than I ever know you before. Lord, this Christmas we would pray that your name would be honoured, that your name would be proclaimed, that the world, in all its secularism and all its rejection of you, would somehow, through us and through your Holy Spirit, truly know the reason for the season. Lord, I truly pray this morning that we will honour you and worship you and that we will let the King of glory come in. In your precious name we pray. Amen. If you have in front of you uh, your news sheet, in there should be a handout which will, you'll be able to have. And if you have a pen, that would be great. If you don't have a pen, um, I'll look up the back and see if there's a sign from someone to say they're able to bring one. Oh, look, Warren, wonderful. So if you don't have a pen or a pencil, Ken's up the back, Warren's up the front. If you put your hand up right now, they'll just bring them really quickly. So if you could do that, that would be great. Don't be afraid. Just put your hand right up and here they come. If you don't have a, a you know, sheet to fill out and you'd like one of those too, I wonder, because um, you're already putting up a hand, so how could we identify different... A leg, yeah, put a leg up. There you go. But Sandy's coming down with some of those now. So look to Sandy if you've got that. So those people still needing pens, wave your hands now. That's it. So we can see halfway up. Great. Great. So far you're getting a heap out of this message, aren't you? I hope this is life-changing for you. <laughs> Great. So keep coming down the front, Michelle, and people waving at Sandy. If you want something from Sandy, great. There we go. Good.
Well, I want to let you know that this morning we're starting the first of a three-week series. And if you're here next Sunday morning, and if you're here on Sunday morning, you'll get, uh, on Christmas morning, you'll get all the uh, messages. And it's called My Christmas To-Do List. And uh, week one, we're going to be looking at Christmas preparations. Week two, we're going to be looking at Christmas celebrations. And week three, we're going to look at how we can have Christmas all year round. And if you come to all those, you can tick off your little Christmas to-do list and get ready. Do you know what a to-do list is? I think some of you do. But what happens is when you get so many activities that you have to get done in a day or in a period of time that you can't remember them all, you know, that you're afraid that one of them will fall out of your mind or a couple of them will fall, you actually get a piece of paper and you just write a to-do list, the things you need to do. And then as you do them, you, chop, you, know, you cross them off, and that way you ensure that you remember everything. And when it comes to Christmas, I don't know about you, but I just find there's so many more things to do. Anyone else find that as well? You know, you've got so many activities uh, that come up and so many preparations that you don't want to get to Christmas morning and run out and think, oh, I forgot to wrap the presents, you know, or even buy presents or do the Christmas tree or where is the Christmas tree? So we're thinking about to-do lists and today we're thinking about Christmas preparations. I wonder, have you ever had a time when you prepared for an, in, an important event and you actually were getting ready for it but the event actually the preparation that went into the event didn't actually match the significance of the event, the event that you prepared for. Do you want me to just explain that again? Have you ever prepared for an event and when you got to the event, it wasn't what you expected and you over-prepared for it? What happened to me one day, uh, I was just at grade two or three and they announced that we were going to have International Day at our school and I was very excited. I got parents that really are really involved and they wanted to really help me in this and so they got more excited about International Day when I went home and told them and I said coming up Thursday and they got ready and my uncle had just married a Japanese lady and so Japan was very fresh in our hearts. We were trying to learn all about that country so mum and dad got very excited and as it got closer they started thinking up ideas of what I could wear and Thursday morning came and as I walked out of the house even the dog didn't recognise who I was. And, and what happened is they'd put a, we'd put a stocking over my head. And what that actually had is it made my eyes look more Japanesey as we pulled them over. And then we had a, a round ice cream container on my head and out the back was a plait. You know, I think they were trying to, maybe getting mixed up with Chinese or something as well, but it was coming down there. I had these silky pyjamas, which I had my shorts and everything on underneath, but silky pyjamas with like sand pans on them. Can you imagine those? And then moccasins on my feet. And I got those uh, lolly, lolly um, teeth, you know those, yeah, you're with me. So I was walking out with, with this over my head, walking out, dog didn't recognise me, got in the car and was driving off to... Uh, uh, primary school. And as I was driving, I looked at so I saw other kids going to school and I'm thinking, they're not even going to recognise me when I get there. This is going to be so good. And I, I kind of remember saying goodbye to my dad and everything seems to go slow motion from there in my mind. But I remember turning from dad, hearing the door shut behind me and then walking, hearing the car moving away. And then it dawned on me that no other kid 
was dressed in international clothes. And I found out that I was a week early for International Day. And kids didn't even know who I was. So that day I met up with a guy, Tony Gatz. He came as a German. We were the only two that came different. And we became best friends. We just sort of hanged together and we shared this. But the preparation that I'd gone into for that day did not match the event at all. When it actually came the actual International Day, I rebelled and didn't even dress up at all. I, I was past that. But I wonder, when it comes to Christmas, don't you think that sometimes the way we celebrate it doesn't really match the event that it is? I mean, often what we do is we just start to go crazy with busyness. You know, it seems like we, we have to have the Christmas letter, the Christmas cards, the Christmas tree, the Christmas lights, the, the cards, the, the, the presents wrapped. We have to get the perfect dinner. We have to organise holidays afterwards and everything can just keep getting busier and busier and busier. And what can start to happen, if you're anything like me, is in the busyness of it all, you start to going from being a lovely person to a person who's anything but a Christmas joy. Yesterday's Herald Sun kind of caught up this idea in an article that uh, just was, was headed, Fury Rocks Shops. And the subtitle sort of said, Tempers explode as customers lose their Yule cool. Said families are being told to keep children away from supermarkets and shops to curb customer rage. Now, there's a new term, isn't it? In, in, in the countdown to Christmas, called, calls for child-free zones follows complaints. Frazzled parents are causing maddening delays at cash registers. You just get frustrated thinking about it, don't you? Retail rage traditionally soars near the festive season. Isn't that an oxymoron? Let me read that again. Retail rage traditionally soars near the festive season. Uh, and as short-fused customers struggle to cope with crowds, some hot-tempered shoppers uh, have even assaulted staff, industry sources say. Australian Retailers Association executive Richard Evans advised parents to leave Youngsters at home when possible, especially in peak hours, to reduce the risk of abuse from aggressive, impatient fellow shoppers. Those kids, they're menaces, aren't they? By all means, uh, take the kids to see Santa. You can still do that, but don't take them shopping, Mr Evans said. Uh, some people snap at the sight of a mother with baby on hip, pram in one hand, and a trolley on the other holding up the true, uh, the, the queue. We have a new menace in society, mums with babies and trolleys. Uh, these are some of the things that they said have been happening in stores. People have been stealing goods when they can't get served quickly. Anyone done that recently? Well, it's happening apparently. Ramming other customers with trolleys out of their way in supermarket aisles. Counting groceries in trolleys and and booting shoppers out of express lanes for having too many items. You've all done that, haven't you? <laughs> Abusing staff for being too slow or incompetent. Abandoning trolleys near checkouts because of the long queues and swearing at customers who stop for friendly chats 
with sales staff. Doesn't sound too much like the Christmas season, does it? Uh, how can something so joyful, so exciting that we look forward to become such a, uh, you know, a reason for rage and anger? You know, imagine on Christmas morning saying, kids, if you knew the sales assistants I punched up to get you these clothes, these, <laughs> you would love me more. It just doesn't seem to match. And if you're a guy this morning, I tell you what, you don't even have a Christmas to-do list. I mean, you just want to avoid that as much as possible because um, it, it seems that what happens when it comes to guys, uh, you hate shopping. For you, you haven't got a clue what to buy and you really just despise the thought of going out and shopping. In fact, uh, more than half of men answering an online service admitted to loathing the annual gift hunt and Christmas crowds. Is that true, men? Yes. (laughs) Preach it, preach it. I, I wonder, is this how we should... Prepare for Christmas. I mean, most of us have on our Christmas preparations list, put up the Christmas tree, decorations, Christmas cards, buy presents quickly, arrange Christmas lunch, book holiday, pay off credit cards and panic. And the only one we've got ticked is panic, isn't it? Is this the way it should be? Is this the way it's supposed to be? Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, it would be great if you could turn to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38. Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38. Here it says in Luke chapter 6, verses 21 to 28, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary said, Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was uh, said to be barren is in her sixth month. 
for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. As we read this story this morning, uh, I want us to ask together, how can we best prepare for Christmas the way God wants us to this year? What things can we really put on our Christmas list and make sure that we do together? And I want you to begin by thinking, what what was the first Christmas all about? What what was going on? Now, I'm just going to give you all the answers when I do this. But look, let me, let me follow you. Uh, let me give you these first of all. I want you to notice in the passage that we've just looked at, these incredible things that were said to Mary right then and there by the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel came to Mary and said that she would have a son and that she must call him Jesus. And if you've got that in your notes right there, this is what, we, what you can write down. The Lord saves. So, Mary comes, the angel says, you're going to have a child and you should call him Jesus. And what this means is that the Lord saves. It's quite a common name, a name that would have been known to, to many people around that time. And this time wouldn't have been such a big deal apart from the fact that an angel was speaking to her and telling her that this was happening. But this was, was the first part of significance. The Lord saves is what you'll call this child. Then the next thing that she said, that the angel said is, and he will be great. He will be great. Now, I don't know about you, but if you know football players that are good, they're okay. If you get a football player that's great, it means they've actually transcended the game. They're, they're bigger than, than just good. They're fantastic. So what the, the angel Gabriel is saying, this person is going to be called Jesus. He's the one who's called the Lord saves, and he will be great. I mean, when it comes to all of mankind, he will stand out above all of mankind. And then the next part must have just hit and knocked Mary between the eyes. She must have been so amazed. He will be called the Most High God, the Most High God. And you know what this means? That he would be God's son, that he would be God's son come amongst us. So... Mary would have been staggered at this. And then the angel Gabriel continued to say these words in verse uh, 32. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end what the prophet Gabriel was saying, the angel Gabriel was saying, he will be the promised Messiah. Now, Mary would have been regularly part of worship in the synagogue. She would have known about the Jewish prophecies that were coming down, saying that a Messiah would come. And then when the angel said this, that he would, he would come and he will be the father of David and that he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, this was uh, messianic language and what she would have known was that what the, the angel was saying to her was that she will have a child who will save the world who will be the promised Messiah who will be the one that saves people from their sin saves people from their brokenness from their lost way of life and he will come and established finally his kingdom 
that will never end. Now, what we know that when Jesus came into the world, he lived his life on this earth. He showed us how to live. He claimed to be God in the flesh. And when he was crucified, he died on the cross. And the Bible writers say that as he was suffering, as his blood was flowing, as he died on the cross, he was taking upon himself the sin, the suffering, the punishment, the penalty that was due to people who have turned their back on God. And I was one of those people. I turned my back on God by living my own way when I, when I was been growing up. And the truth is that every single person that has ever lived has turned their back on God. Yet Jesus, God in the flesh, died on the cross so that whoever believes in him could be saved. What Mary was realising and understanding as the angel Gabriel looked at her and told her what was about to take place is the heart of what Christmas is all about. God acting in love, in sending his son into a world such as ours to save sinners and to bring about a kingdom that will never end. This kingdom is made up of people who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord, as their king, as their ruler, as their sovereign. And what happens to those people is those who come under his authority live a life of forgiveness, of freedom, of hope as they put their trust in Jesus. Now, I want to tell you, just so you know how to think about this, this is good news. This is worth celebrating. This is worth celebrating more than having a few parties or, you know, rushing around trying to do things. The fact that God has acted in love in sending his son, the fact that God has walked this earth and willingly died so that you can come to know him and be forgiven and have new life is worth rejoicing and celebrating together. This is good news. And that's why the Bible talks about the fact that the gospel is good news. Is it for those that are broken? for those that are wounded, for those that are weighed down in guilt and shame in in your life, for those that have found that relationships have fallen apart and you feel like you've given life a shot and it hasn't worked out. There's a second chance. There's a new hope. Living life with the God who made you and who loved you enough to come to earth to die for you and to forgive you. So, in light of that, how should we celebrate Christmas? If this is true, if Christmas is the best news ever that God has acted, and if Christmas is coming very soon, how should you and I respond? Well, I want to reckon today the best way to respond as we prepare for Christmas is to respond like Mary did. Respond like Mary did. I want you to notice how Mary responded in the midst of this uh, passage. Have a look what happens in verse uh, 30. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour 
with God. The first way to respond is to respond to this good news message without fear. Because although God doesn't want to come and live in your womb and give another repeat of what happened with Mary, I think there are, God does want to come and fill your life. He wants to come and forgive you and to begin a relationship with you. And you know what? Quite frankly, that's really, really scary because um, we don't, for, if you've never put your trust in Jesus, if you've never come to know him and to know who he is, asking the God of the heavens and earth to come and fill your life, to forgive you, to become your Lord and your saviour, to, to accept that he's wanting to have a relationship with you can be scary and you can be filled with fear. But I don't know about you, but I've found that before living in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I had so many fears. I was afraid. I remember many times getting up in the middle of the night when I was just 12, 13 and saying to mum and dad, you know, I'm afraid of dying, mum and dad. Have they ever invented a pill that you can take and it just makes you a year younger and can I take one every year? You know, I was afraid of dying before knowing Jesus and before knowing that I could have eternal life through him. I was afraid of who God was and whether he loved me or whether there was a God. I was afraid of so many things. And at this time when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, uh, rightly, she's, she's afraid. She, she, she doesn't know what to think. She was troubled by what was, was going on. 20, verse 29 says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said, do not be afraid. And she wasn't. She accepted what he said. And she listened. Instead of running in verse 34, she said, how will this be? She asked the question, how will this be? She started to wrestle and try and understand what God was doing. And today, we're coming towards Christmas. And I really believe that God still wants to transform people's lives. And it could be today that you have given your life to Jesus. But you're in great danger of this Christmas forgetting the overwhelming significance of the difference that has made to your level of fear. And it might be that this Christmas might be a great time to remind yourself that because you know Jesus, there's no need to fear. There's no need to be afraid. And it may be that this morning as you prepare for Christmas, you who have been following Christ for a long time, that you might just say to him this morning, thank you, God, that you have shown me your perfect love which casts out fear. That might be right for you. could be this morning that you, if you have never put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, that today your Christmas preparations might include uh, giving your life to Jesus and finding that instead of being afraid about death, being afraid about what might happen by giving your life to him, you can step out today and know the peace that comes through trusting in him. Not fear, peace. Second thing that Mary did, which I think we can put on our Christmas preparations list, is that she responded 
with faith. She asked, how would this be in verse 34? Since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Would have liked to have a bit of fun if you were the angel, wouldn't you? Well, look, it's just going to happen obviously like this. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So, you'll, so one to be born will be called the Son of the Most High. It, you know, it's staggering what the angel said. It seems impossible. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I'm going to put this Son of God, this Messiah, inside of you. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. If you can send an angel to me, if you can speak to me like this, I'm going to respond. I'm going to trust God that you can do whatever you want. You know what? I think for many people that have been following Jesus for many years, sometimes we have a tendency to think that we've got God all figured out. Haven't we? I mean, sometimes we can try and think that this is how God's worked in the past and this Christmas he's going to work just the same and this time again. But I want to encourage you, strong followers of Christ, who have known him and loved him dearly this Christmas to have faith that God wants to do even more in your life than you can imagine. Maybe this Christmas, as you pause and prepare and think about the fact that God came to Mary and put his son in her womb and saved you as you have put your faith in this child, that God can do even more things through you as you have faith, that he is able to help you. Maybe, Christian, you have been uh, you know, trusting him and praying for people who don't know Jesus. And you've been crying out to God saying, would you help them come to know you, Jesus? And it could be that this Christmas as you look to him afresh with faith and cry out that he might want to lead those people to know him. It could be that he wants to show you more of who he is and take you along the next chapter of your life. Maybe he's leading you to a new career or to a new location or maybe he's speaking to you in a fresh way. Have faith to believe that God can do in your life more than you expected. Today, some of you don't know Jesus yet. You're coming to know more about him and you're reading his Bible, the Bible a bit more perhaps. And do you know what could happen today in your Christmas preparations? You could begin a personal relationship with God the God who made the heavens and the earth, the God who loved you, the God who sent his son into this world. And do you know what's just stopping that from happening? Faith, like Mary had. I'm the Lord's servant. Just actually believing that God can do what he said he'd do and that he wants to have a relationship with you. So if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, today might be the day to respond in your Christmas preparations with faith to Jesus Christ. 
saying, I believe that you came, Jesus. I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that through a relationship with you, I can be forgiven. I can be set free. And I can have this incredible gift that you have given to me, yourself. You're just one step away from doing that if you haven't put your trust in him. This morning may be the opportunity to do that. Final way, I think that we can respond today on our Christmas list is with full surrender. I want you to notice that Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant, showing great faith. And then she said, may it be to me as you have said. And so began the Christmas story. From this point on, she accepted her role as the one who would be the mother of Jesus. She obeyed and submitted and followed God's plan for her life. And what happened was God was able to usher in his son into the world. And this was the beginning of God wanting to save you. It all came from one woman willing to surrender. And today, the one thing that might stop you from knowing God, the one thing that might stop you from having a relationship with Jesus is being unwilling to surrender. And you know why? Because it's actually much easier to make yourself the God of your life. It's much easier to be the one that's in control of your own life and you can kind of think then, uh, you know, I can trust me to make the decisions and I don't have to depend on anyone else and I don't have to be helpless and hopeless. I just want to be standing and making all the decisions and being strong. The only problem is that by now, I think deep down you've realised it doesn't work. Maybe some of you have been through broken relationships because you've been so thinking that you could sort life out yourself and you know that you don't have the strength to keep loving people that are not loving you back. It could be that addictions have got such a grip on your life that you just can't break them and you realise that in your own strength you'll never be able to live the kind of life that, that you wanted to live. The only way that God can transform your whole life is by you surrendering fully to him and saying, yes, Lord Jesus, have your way. For those of you who have already made that decision, Christmas is the most incredible time because we remember that God sent his son and the difference that he's made in in our lives. I mean, for me, I remember so many ways in which God has broken things that had addictions on me. I remember, I I know there's been so many times when he's restored relationships that I had which I thought I'd never be able to forgive. And yet through Christ, he's changed my life. I know now what it is to look to the future with hope and joy. And all that comes from just surrendering to him and continuing to do that. So if you're a Christian, maybe this morning, might be a time as you prepare for Christmas to again just say quietly to God, everything's yours. Everything I have is yours. My family, my job, my life, it's all yours. 
I give it to you afresh. Whether it's for the first time or whether it's for another recommitment, God sent his son so that you could know him and that you would know the full meaning of Christmas. If you have your Bibles, I just want you to flip over to, one, uh, to 40, 46, verse 46 of um, chapter 1. And as we close, what, what does the life of one person look like who responds to God's activity uh, without fear, with faith and with full surrender? We'll just look at Mary's song. She starts, Mary's song starts in verse 46, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. There is a God who made you. There is a God who one day you will stand before for all eternity. Wouldn't it be wonderful to live life today, saying, My soul glorifies God, and my spirit rejoices in God's my saviour. This is life to the full. This is what it means to live a life where you thrive, facing each day without fear and facing uh, God with faith that he can do more than we can ever imagine and facing this Christmas with full surrender. So the question is this morning, are you prepared for Christmas? There's a little box at the end of your sheet if you love ticking boxes, why don't you just tick off? We've, we're, we're ready. Uh, if you have uh, responded without fear and with faith and with full surrender to Jesus. We're going to pray together now and we're going to give you an opportunity just to respond to, to Jesus this morning. Let's pray. God, this Christmas in the midst of the rush and the hurry, we realise that the best news ever occurred that first Christmas. You sent your son. You came among us. God, thank you for living a perfect life. Thank you for dying on the cross, taking upon yourself the sin of the world. Thank you for taking upon yourself the sin of all who would trust in you. And God, today there are people here this morning who want to trust in you for the first time. And Lord, as we just pause in this moment, would you hear their prayer this Christmas? Would you hear the cry of their hearts and forgive their sin as you've promised to? And God, would you fill their life and give them the hope for the rest of their lives. And maybe right now, it could be that you've never put your trust in him, but you want to just this morning, why don't you just say in your heart after me, just a simple prayer, uh, why don't you just pray something like this? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I accept your death in my place. I want to live for you. I turn from all my sin. God, fill my life 
and empower me to live every day in the way that you made me to live. And if that's your prayer this morning, then uh, we rejoice with you as we pray. And God, we thank you so much for the way that you've flooded so many of our lives. God, how you continue to change our lives today and right through our church. Lord, we pray that you would continue to change the lives of so many people in this community. And Lord, we pray that tonight as we continue to uh, celebrate your coming as we perform the Christmas lockdown, would you touch lives again? Would you help people know who you are? And God, would you help us celebrate each day of our lives the joy that you have come? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In these next moments, we'd just love you to take the blue card, which is just in your news sheet. You would have got that as you came in. We'd love you just to spend a few moments now just filling that in and completing that. And it'd be great if you could respond in any way as well, especially if you've prayed that prayer this morning and you're receiving Jesus into your life, or if you've made any other decisions, it would be great. If you're new here and you want to join a small group or, or anything like that, you could just fill that out. Let's take a moment to do that together. One of the things we just love to do is to say thank you to God for all that he's given us. We we love to express it through our song and through our words. Uh, We love to do it tangibly by giving. And uh, especially at a time like this where uh, there's so many things um, that can take up our, our eyes and take our focus, to come and to give and to say, God, you have the first place in our lives is saying to God, you're first, you're king. I'm submitting with full surrender to you. So as we come, let's pray together as we come to give. God, this is our offering. This is our worship. Lord, take our our tithes and our offering and our gifts and we're giving them to you. And we're coming and we're saying you are our king. And as we prepare for Christmas, we want you to be first in our lives. So receive these, Lord. Take them and use them for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Our offering will now be collected and the blue cards, if you just put them in the offering as well, that would be great. Let's worship God as we give.